I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to One Up Delivered Through the AI Podcast channel. I'm your host, Guy Drinkle as ever, and as always, I'm joined by Carl Wilkinson. How are you doing, Carl? I'm very good, Guy, and how are you doing today? I'm alright, I'm alright. It's started to rain again uh, up here, so it's beautiful. I'm loving it. None of, none of this uh, holiday-type weather, I can't handle it. If it's above 18 degrees, I'm literally melting. I'm one of them. <laughs> Is Ireland we back were... to normal? Yeah, yeah, we, we've got our rain back, you know, yeah. people are, because people probably thought the world was ending with no rain in this country, because we, we get it pretty much every day of the year, so uh, everyone's happy again. Good, good. Back to normal, back to normal. Sick of this summer stuff. But um, we're here to talk about games, and we ha- we, we, we were, we're struggling for topics a bit, aren't we, because it is that summer lull, isn't it? So we've in this show, we're going to discuss and speculate a bit on next-gen. We talked about it a bit during the E3 shows and talked about how it may be 2020, 2021, but uh, we'll we'll get to that and we'll we'll kind of do a bit of a think tank on what we should think um, all the games companies should involve in their next-gen consoles and, and what have it, but we'll get to the news first. So, Carl... First new story you've put in the notes here. The Culling 2 tanks so hard that developers pull game from Steam. Yeah, so I came across this today while listening to another podcast. And um, as kind of bad as I feel for it in hindsight, I, I laughed you know, at the time <laughs> because, I mean... It just felt so inevitable, you know, that, that, uh, with, with, as much as we're hearing so much about Fortnite and H1Z1 has been a bit of a success story as well. I think actually for the free to play charts for last month, it actually outperformed Fortnite on the PlayStation platform. Um, now that might have been a little bit of backlash from the Fortnite stuff we've talked about previously. We won't go there again, <laughs> cross play, all that, you know, this is a cross play free show, but, um, yeah, like it, so it, as much as they're doing well, there's only so much room for them to do well. And I think that the Culling 2 has kind of learned that the hard way. 
I mean, th- this story comes from Ethan Gack at Kotaku, and Ethan writes, The Culling 2 released last week, and right away it tanked. After a week of negative reviews and its online player base dropping into the single digits, the Culling 2's creators at Xaviant Games have pulled the plug. According to the studio's YouTube video announcement today, anyone who purchased the $20 game across Xbox One, PS4, and PC is eligible for a refund. The announcement ended with a twist rather than try to fix the Culling 2. Xavian plans to go back and start updating the Culling 1 instead. In the announcement video, Xavian Director of Operations Josh Van Veld said, One thing has that has emerged very clearly for us is that the Culling 2 was not a game that you asked for and it's not the game that you expected as a wordy successor to the Culling. Without going into the specifics of how the developers had come to that conclusion, Van Veld explained that in an effort to win back fans, the studio would now focus its efforts on reviving the Culling 1. The original Culling was an early Battle Royale attempt with a game show vibe that emphasized melee combat. The Culling 2 had technical shortcomings, but many fans also saw it as having failed to set itself apart from, say, PUBG. There are currently 157 user reviews for the game on Steam, only 14% of which are positive. One reads, second day after release, and there are already only two players online. A mod post on the top of this game subreddit told players to stay away from the game, because there were so many bugs. And you can get the full story, of course, over on Kotaku. I mean, I, I just... The, the writing seems to be on the wall for these things before they even get going. I mean, I, I don't understand how these developers can see what's what's going on in regards to PUBG. I mean, struggling mm. to be a, a, a pay-to-play, effectively, um, Battle Royale game because... You know, pe- people are preferring the the free to play with Fortnite. So, you know, may- maybe long term this culling one. I I haven't played it myself, but no. perhaps that'll go free to play. I I don't know, but it just it seems such an odd move as well. Um, all in all, like I I gather the original game isn't even that old. Like I, I don't know why they wouldn't want to perfect that before they think of sequels and going to consoles and and all that kind of thing. It just just seems like they they just lacked foresight to 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 be honest. What, what do you think, guy? It, it just seems like a bit of a mess. I mean, I'm not sure what the calling one was exactly. I mean, I, I'm just googling it. It came out last year <laughs> in October, so uh, yeah, it's it's not old. So, um, I'm not sure what they were thinking bringing out a sequel that quick. I'm I'm not sure how successful the first one was. Looking at the Microsoft review, it got three out of five, which it's not, it's not pulling up any trees or anything, but it's steady. Um, but it, the battle royale genre, as you said, it, it's so heavily dominated by, well, one franchise in particular in Fortnite, but you've mentioned, um, PUBG there, who, who were the king of the PC battle royale, but struggled a bit with, with console and, and, and on Xbox. And then what was the P what's the PlayStation one called? H H one Z one. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is on PC and PlayStation four. And I think it's coming to Xbox somewhere down the road. Similar to PUBG then. Um, uh, vice versa, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems like, well, it looks like they've rushed it. If anything, I mean, if it's that buggy and it's only came out, um, seven months, whatever it is, um, after the, after the first game, it just they must have rushed it. They must have, and 
if if it's that bad and it's that unpopular, um, that they're offering a refund already. You know, how how long was the how long's number two been out for? It was out a week, literally, Jesus. when they decided to pull it. Like, I think I read um, the most concurrent players they had. I I believe it was on launch day, and it was a a bit over two hundred players. You know, for and for a game that that's just not enough. Like I I was looking at I was looking at the Xbox sale um, earlier on. And I was thinking some of these games are shit, but two hundred players for any game. <laughs> That's free as well. That, that, oh, that's a pay to play. It's just mental. That's mental. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I even there's a, a apparently a video up on um, PC Gamer. I, I didn't get around to watch it myself, but basically one of their editors is playing the game, and he literally wins the game as he's parachuting down <laughs> because he's the only player in the game. That's so a, <laughs> imagine, imagine boosting your stats in that game. Oh. Higher. God, no! I mean, seven hundred wins, no kills. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, that just, it just sounds like developers taking the mick of it, really. Because if I never heard the culling, never mind the culling too. So if if they're wanting it to be popular, you have to build somewhat a reputation, especially if you're a small developer. I mean, Fortnite with Epic Games, you know what it is. PUBG that just kind of sparked into life, didn't it? Um, it's it, it's one of these things where it's hard to be unique in in this genre, but you need to build a fan base and not just just absolutely grind out games. It just sounds like a mistake from the start, as you said. Very much. I mean, uh, like I, I gather that the Culling One had its following, you know, a few thousand players. But you know, as you said, you you have to build on that. You know, uh, make the game the best it can be, and then. You know, you don't even necessarily need a sequel. Maybe then you have the option to to go to kind of a game as a service type thing and introduce some microtransactions and and make money that way. Um, I don't I just see think how a sequel for a battle royale works. <laughs> I know it it is very. You're gonna be odd, doing the same thing. Well, okay, why don't you just release a different game mode? Exactly, like new new maps or new like it's it's just I don't think we're ever gonna get a well it'll be a long time let's say before we get a Fortnite two you know so this I mean is, I, I this just, is Fortnite two the save the world game mode was the original plan <laughs> true 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 um but uh, it's just it's I just find it, it crazy that that they could could get it so wrong that they've had to pull mm. their game from the market after a week. After a week. Jeez, I mean, you get, you kind of have to feel sorry for them, but they've clearly just tried to make something new to get cheap, quick money, but good God, 200 players at most is, is mental. But uh, we'll leave that new story and we'll come to the big boy of the franchise in Fortnite. So, <laughs> Fortnite, which is free to play, obviously different um, to the culling, has pulled in more than 1 billion reports, Um yeah, this this is just... I don't want to say this is the game of this generation, but it seems to be the game of this year. It's been more than a year-ish, hasn't it? And it's crossed in from 2017 to 2018, but it just seems to be that unstoppable forcing game in at the minute, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of took this genre by itself and gone on to a different level, and it's, it's crossed... Platforms now we see Griezmann doing it at World Cup games. <laughs> we see everyone mention it. It's it just seems to be 
such a force in, in the entertainment, never mind just gaming, it seems to be crossing into everything, it seems to be going into that genre with COD and FIFA, where it's just about casual gaming, isn't it? It seems to have just gone on a different level compared to other, other uh, Battle Royale games. It, it really does. I mean, um, as you say, like the, the Griezmann thing, the, obviously we had a few week, months ago, we had the, the story with Drake streaming mm. and, and breaking Twitch's concurrent records. And I mean, it, it's just insane. I mean, like this time last year, every time I'd listen to a gaming podcast, they'd have a story about um, PUBG. And it thought like, wow, what's going to burst this PUBG bubble? And meanwhile, Fortnite, as as you kind of mentioned during the last story, was this this little game from Epic. You know, they were trying to do something different after Gears of War and after Unreal, um, with this this game with zombies where you build things, and you know, it was kind of like a horde mode, kind of expanded from from Gears. And I, like, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't really paid it much attention. I, I knew it was there, yeah. and I knew of it but i i didn't bother trying to play it and you know we we heard oh epic are gonna try and do their uh battle royale mode and i remember people in the industry somewhat at the time dismissing and saying oh PUBG already has the the genre and control and you know it's not needed and but then fast forward and fortnite is just it's it's blown PUBG out of the water and from a, a free-to-play model and I mean, it's everywhere. And as you said, those, those, what were traditionally the Call of Duty, FIFA, GTA gamers that would buy like three games a, a year. Now those guys are also playing Fortnite. Like it's, it, it's just, it's one of those games that just, it, it appeals to, to the, the hardcore gamers and, and the soft core gamers, if that's what you mm. want to call them. It's it's absolutely insane. I mean, and and this this particular story, it's it's sure when I got this from NBC News with Jessica Spitz, uh, the wildly popular online game Fortnite has surpassed one billion in revenue according to a new report from research firm Superdata. It's a particularly impressive number considering the game is free to play and has been out le- for less than two years. But in that time, it has turned into a phenomenon both in terms of its popularity as a game, as well as in its cultural impact. And you can read more on that over on NBC News. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's not surprising, really. But, um, I mean, it won't, before we long, before long, we'll, it'll be a passing story on, on one of our pods that will be saying, oh, it's past 2 billion, it's past 5 billion, you know. I, I don't see this, this train stopping anytime soon. I mean, it, it's pretty, it's sure it's going to launch on Android devices soon. So oh, that'll be another surge. Like, I, I, I don't see where, where Fortnite, uh, stops unless something comes along that's that does battle royale better Mm. and well that's a good segue good segue that tops i'll put an applause in there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) obviously we we both love this franchise that we're going to talk about in a sec um but halo has no plans for a battle royale mode um is this kind of refreshing or do you think it's a lack of no is it a do you think this is 
a good idea from from free for free for free industries to avoid this new fa- fashion new fad with with battle royale we're seeing ba- uh, battlefield and cod going into it but do you think halo's right to avoid the battle royale mode because as we've just been saying fortnite dominates it and maybe cod is the what is the one to pop the bubble but i can't really see it because cod players I imagine they're stuck in the ways and just want to play COD. They don't want to play Battle Royale. But do you think Halo is right to avoid the Battle Royale mode? I I actually do. I mean, I, I think, you know, as our, our first story touched on, that there is already um, kind of too much when it comes to Battle Royale. I mean, it's, it's a saturated genre already. Like, pe- people are trying to jump on it. And, you know, as you said, COD are getting in and, and Battlefield's getting in and there's strong rumors that, that Red Dead is getting in. So I, I don't think every shooter has to get into Battle Royale. And I also have a, a theory on Halo, which, you know, will, will be a bit more clear once I actually read the, the story. So I'll, I'll jump in there now. Um, this comes from GameSpot with Eddie McCook. Um, or McCook, don't know, sorry, don't know how to pronounce that one. But <laughs> Eddie writes, Halo developer 343 Industries has no plans to introduce a battle royale mode in Halo 5 or Halo Infinite, it seems. Halo franchise manager Frank O'Connor said on Twitter that the studio is not currently working on a battle royale mode at all. That said, O'Connor pointed out that Halo's, Halo, uh, my apologies, Halo 5's Forge tools are absolutely robust enough to make a battle royale style mode though it wouldn't be possible for it to contain 100 players like in PUBG or Fortnite we are not currently working on a battle royale mode O'Connor said if you really want it make a version in customs with elimination as a basis obviously it'll be comprised in terms of compromised in terms of size but you can make something similar now. In another tweet, O'Connor said he has zero objection to Battle Royale as a mode. He pointed out that Battle Royale has been around long before PUBG and Fortnite, though it is more specific and focused these days. All this talk about Halo having a Battle Royale mode appears to come back to writer Jeff Easterling, who said during a recent live stream that 343 isn't interested in Battle Royale. I'll tell you right now, the only BR we're interested in is the battle rifle. The original BR, so calm yourself, Easterling said, according to Destructoid. And you can read the full story over on GameSpot. And to, to point out what I'm getting at with a theory here is I, I find it interesting that Frank points to the Forge tools. Like, mm. obviously, now you could only make a very small-scale battle royale i i maybe 24 players something in those lines with with halo's current system but what if in halo infinite you're allowed to have a lot more players in multiplayer for custom modes and then people could create their own kind of twist on battle royale maybe 40 players or 50 players and then halo kind of is covering all bases there if if that is the case because they can be like yeah well, we don't think it's a big deal we're not pushing to to put our, it in ourselves but at the same time you know we're cool you can make your own battle royale and you know you've you've got the tools to do it and then are, are they not winning overall because uh, they're they're not adding to the saturation per se but they're still giving players the option and 
they're giving players very flexible options that they, they can design their own maps and kind of put their own twists on the mode. I mean, so I think it's it's kind of clever from 343 Industries if that is the case. Um, do, do you think that that's a possibility, Guy? Yeah, it def- definitely makes sense in, the, in that regard. I mean, Halo's, well, since they introduced Forge mode, I'm not sure which one it came in. It might have been free. Um, it, it's always had that flexibility to for, for users and people who want to create their own content to do so. Um, I remember playing um, uh, Cops and Robbers, uh, Mike Myers and stuff like that. I'm sure many people have played that in the past when, when they're just messing about on private games, whether it's Halo, Call of Duty, whatever. But with Forge, with Forge mode on Halo, you can actually make your own game mode that has the rules to do stuff like that properly, rather rather than trusting your mates not to get annoyed and go spoil the entire game. So, yeah, yeah. Probably not on Halo 5, but on Infinite, when we speculated it might be a launch title for the next gen. Um, we don't know how powerful that console will be or whatever, but if it's so easy to just have 40, 50 people in in one session in in your own created game mode, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it makes so much sense for Halo to just go, well, we could do it, but let's see what, if you want it that much, make it yourself and we can... If it gets popular enough, I'm sure they'd put it in themselves quite easily and polish it up and make it professional. But it, as, as someone who loves the franchise, I'm sure you love the franchise as much as me. As much as me, Carl, I, I want Halo to not focus on making a, a side show that is this battle royale. We, we're not sure how long this fad would last for, and I'm sure that's why I'm sure that's why Halo hasn't myself. But I'd rather Halo focus on the campaign and the multiplayer. I know Battle Royale kind of comes under multiplayer, but I want the classic Halo to be perfect. I want Halo Infinite to be perfect, and that's finish whether they're going to finish Master Chief's story this one or whatever. I want them. I want them to give it the perfect send off if it is so, and if if the Battle Royale mode gives them any any hint of a distraction, then I'm not asked by it. So yeah, I'm. It seems like an easy job for fans and and um, free for free themselves to put it in, but time will tell, and I, I'm not overly bothered because I've I've played PUBG, I've played Fortnite, I'll probably play the the uh, free that you mentioned in Battlefield, COD, and RDR. I'll probably play all three of them, but RDR especially, I'm not asked about Battle Royale. <laughs> I just want to play RDR, Call of Duty. Yeah, I'll just play the multiplayer in Battlefield. Battlefield's the one that most intrigues me, because I think that'll be quite different compared to everything else. But yeah, I'm I'm glad Halo don't aren't putting it in, and as you, as we've been saying, Forge mode allows for pretty much anything, and that that's great. Exactly. I mean, Bungie before and now three four three, they they've always kind of trusted the the community to to decide what they want and make it for themselves and to just think of Forge I have so many fond memories of Do you ever play Halo Chess? No Oh it was brilliant I'm not sure how the hell they made it but (laughs) it had like elites and marines in it somehow it was was brilliant I'm going to have to find that and link it to you but it was whoever made that was a genius Yeah I must must check it out like I I remember I used to spend a lot of time playing um Griffball and mm. um oh and some like custom Griffballs and that and uh, zombies zombies are so good infected with awesome 
Uh, those game modes are so good. I mean, no, the people were genius who made those things for Halo. Like, and some of the, like, the mongoose races are just absolutely insane. Like, so I'm glad they're kind of, like, leaving it to the community to, to kind of decide on their own, uh, path in terms of introducing some sort of battle royale to Halo. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But time will tell how long the Battle Royale fight last, actually lasts because we're not sure when Halo Infinite is actually coming out. But uh, we'll move on to uh, another news kind of regarding Microsoft. Or kind of, is regarding Microsoft. Microsoft Gaming Division makes $10 billion in a year for the first time. This is just good news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um, I mean, it's... The reason I, I thought this was certainly worth mentioning was because you just think, like, we hear all these stories that talk about how well Switch is doing and how well PS4 is doing. And it, it feels like in the last 12 months, in terms of sales, that it, it feels like Microsoft has been firmly in third place. I know overall the Xbox One is still sold more units than the Switch, but in terms of in that time period, and yet... Who knew? You know, even if you are in third place, you can still be winning, you know, <laughs> making 10 billion in a year. So we can, we can certainly see why gaming is still very much of interest to Microsoft and why the likes of Phil Spencer are pushing it so hard because, you know, you, you really don't have to be top in in the the console wars to to be making bank as as the story points out i mean the, this story comes from my gen shabana arif uh, Mike, and shabana writes microsoft has announced its financials for the year ending june 30th and the company has surpassed 10 billion in revenue in its games and services division for the first time Microsoft has reported a 39% increase in revenue in the division, which is being credited in large part to Xbox Live, Game Pass, and Mixer. Quote, in gaming, we are pursuing our expansive opportunity from the way games are created and distributed to how they are played and viewed, surpassing $10 billion in revenue this year for the first time, said CEO Satya Nadella during an investor's call via Seeking Alpha. Quote, we are investing aggressively in content, community, and cloud services across every endpoint to expand usage and deepen engagement with gamers. The combination of Xbox Live, Game, Game Pass subscriptions, and Mixer are driving record levels of growth and engagement, end quote. And that, of course, can be found over on IGN. So, yeah, like, it, it looks like... You know, Microsoft went big on services, as we know, because they they didn't quite have the the games to compete with Sony this this generation. But it looks like that's paying off. Like, you know, it's funny you think that things like Game Pass are kind of good initiatives, but you don't really know what they kind of make in terms of money. But obviously, it's a lot. Something's working. (laughs) Uh, It'd be quite interesting. I'm not sure how what the Sony numbers are like uh, in comparison, but yeah, as you said, uh, Microsoft seemingly looked as a very, very small rival to Sony in terms of Xbox to PS to PlayStation. It seems like a small rival, like Microsoft company-wise to where Sony's uh, different levels, but uh, yeah, Xbox to PlayStation, it seems like a losing battle at the moment, but to make $10 billion, and as you mentioned, 
Game Pass and uh, they mentioned Mixer there as well. I mean, you'd probably think Mixer is second to Twitch quite in, in quite a wide margin, but maybe not. Maybe maybe completely wrong about that. But um, maybe Game Pass is well. I, I was going to bring it up later on, but maybe Game Pass is a bigger future than we we thought it was. <laughs> but um, yeah, but good news for Microsoft. I mean, as an Xbox fan, it, it's good to know. That uh, it it it's making money and there's no no risk at all of Microsoft just going well this is this is pointless I'm just going to bin it off so good good news good news but um, we'll have to try and find the Sony numbers won't we Carl? Oh, yes um, we definitely will um, I mean it's it's uh, it would be interesting to to make a comparison there and also with Nintendo mind you. Mm. As we know, Nintendo are very um, cards held closely to the chest. So, see how many um, cardboard keyboards have sold. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, but it, it is interesting. I mean, if this is supposedly third place in the last twelve months, it, it would be very interesting to see what what second and and first place look like mm. in, in comparison. But we can definitely see why why Microsoft are so keen to keep in the gaming industry and why they're already making moves uh, for next gen, which, you know, a little teaser for the, the next section. <laughs> but we have one more news story before we get to the uh, next gen speculation. Um, Konami shuts down a PT-PC remake offer developer an internship. I literally knew nothing about this <laughs> and you had to kind of explain it a bit to me before we start recording. So I'll let you take the reins on this one, Carl. Yeah, so this once again comes from IGN with Shabana Arif. That seems to be a trend where we have like two stories from the same person every yep. week. And this, this week's Shabana's turn. Uh, so Shabana writes, a fan project to bring the famous, famously deleted PT to PC has been forced into cancellation by Konami, but the developer of the remake has been offered an internship at the company. Hideo Kojima's cancelled Silent Hills teaser has had a number of remakes, but a recent example, PT for PC by 17-year-old developer Quimzar, was looking pretty impressive and close to being finished. Unfortunately, the project has been shut down by Konami due to legal issues. But in an update, Quimsar says that he has been offered an internship at the publisher working within its EU, US and Japanese offices. On On top of the internship, Konami is hooking up Quimsar with some merch and video games. Quimsar is adamant that this is a purely legal issue and that everyone at Konami loved my remake. No specific reason is given for why this remake, as opposed to the many others in development, has been forcibly cancelled. Interestingly, Quimzar explains that a Konami representative told him that the publisher expressing, is expressing a desire to make games outside of the pachinko and mobile categories it's focused on and profited from in recent years. And you can get the full story over on IGN. Yeah, so the reason I thought this was quite interesting is because for for two reasons, really. I mean, firstly, as the story itself seems to point out, we know Konami, since the departure of Hideo Kojima, has been very much focused on its pachinko and mobile divisions. And, and in terms of actual console proper games, we, we've only really gotten 
Metal Gear Survive, which the less said about the better. <laughs> and the Bomberman game that obviously was a launch title for the Switch and recently came to PlayStation and Xbox. Um, now apparently the, the Bomberman game, I didn't play it myself, but I, I hear it was quite, it was okay. You know, it was a mediocre Bomberman game. There's, there's better Bomberman games out there. And obviously, Metal Gear Survive was a terrible cash in on a good engine. And that's being polite. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But um, you know, so it's it's a real shame. I mean, we touched on it while while talking about my favorite games last week. That you know, Konami owns some of my favorite mm. uh, franchises with with Castlevania and Suikoden, and, and of course, Metal Gear. And it's a real shame if those those IPs are being wasted. Um, so maybe this move to bring in this intern, you know, could show maybe, maybe there's some plans for a, a proper Silent Hill game, for example, in the works. Um, like there, there has been the, the second reason why I thought this interest was interesting because there, there is priors for this with other companies. I mean, Capcom shut down a Resident Evil 2 remake, brought the developers in house, and those developers have now helped make the Resident Evil 2 remake mm. that's coming out early next year that everyone's really hyped. I mean, there was a... And uh, even just with, with mods, obviously, they're, they're not quite shut down, but with mods for the Elder Scrolls, I remember someone made... This guy made a massive mod for Skyrim. I mean, it's hours upon hours of gameplay. He got, like, voice actors for it, all this crazy, crazy stuff. And I believe he got a job at, I think it was Gearbox brought him in, um, because they were so impressed. So, um, like that there are priors for this in the industry with, with, um, fans making remakes and mods getting brought in, um, as proper developers to existing companies to, to work on new projects. I mean, Sega is another good example. They, there was a number of kind of fan, Sonic games and a lot of those people were involved with the the development of Sonic Mania which obviously was hugely popular when it released last year so um, maybe there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for Konami and, and people that have, have been starved of a, of a Silent Hill game for so long um, so the, it's certainly one to watch maybe this, this Quimzar guy might uh, pop up again in in the future um, obviously, as guy, as you said, you you weren't aware of this story before, but you know what? What's your thought on it now? Do, you know, could we see a return to form from Konami at some point in the future? I mean, when, when was the last form? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what was it? Metal Gear Solid Five is probably the last big release, Pre was it? Pretty and, much, yeah. And people love that, but people also see the faults in it, but where you could see the infighting between Kojima and Konami, couldn't you? So it's um. It is quite interesting. I mean, if they're hiring young talent, and I mean, props to that. What, what was it? Seventeen? It said. Um, props to him for well making something that impressive that it's caught the eye of Konami and made made him bring him in house. I know it's only an internship, but I mean, big companies do that, um, don't they? Um, but no, very impressive from him. And yeah, the, I think the big story there is that Konami seemed to want to have a future in gaming and you mentioned a couple of the uh, franchises they have with Castlevania, Metal Gear, 
Pez <laughs> football fans, um, which is probably their next release. Uh, it, it it's kind of good, but at the same time, it's probably bad because Konami. We don't know how they're going to create games post Kojima, do we? Let's be honest, because they're not exactly everyone's favorite franchise. I know they have some beloved um, franchises, but they don't exactly. They're not everyone's favourite in terms of being a publisher. It's just they always seem to piss people off in the right way. So it it will be quite interesting. But I think if if this kid if this kid was in, involved in making a Silent Hill thingy um, in any way, and if he if he is this talented at seventeen, let's see how he does in in the industry, and let's see what they can do with Silent Hill, whatever, etc. Uh, let's see what they can do with the metal. I imagine the big ones, the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Let's see what they can do with that in the future. Um, but yeah, it, if not, they'll probably pull the plug and eventually stuff will get moved about and whatever. But um, no, let's see what Konami can do. It's probably a new generation for them, isn't it? So it'll be quite interesting to see how they do. But it's not exactly my favourite uh, publisher because there's not many franchises I like out of them, to be honest. I'm 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 the opposite. They yep. they were always one of my favorites, but now they just they just break my heart constantly yep. <laughs> with all this stuff. It's funny you mentioned Metal Gear. Actually, just a, a side note. I, I do know recently, obviously, there's been um, with Bomberman. They introduced Snake as a character, and he's voiced by obviously David Hayter, the original Solid Snake. And again, with Snake making his return to the Smash Bros. game. It's been confirmed that David Hayter will also voice him in that. So, I mean, there, there's been some kind of Chinese whispers that maybe Konami are gearing up for a remake of Metal Gear Solid. Um, I'd Poor, poor Kiefer. <laughs> yeah, so th- that might be the way to kind of get their way back in rather than taking any risks, just remake a classic for modern mm. systems so Kiefer Sutherland's obviously loyal to Kajim <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh dear but no I mean yeah if you, you you big fan of Konami franchises it's, uh, it's good news for you I suppose so it doesn't, really, it doesn't really affect me but good news for the people who love them franchises but um, I think that's the end of the news is it not yes it is um, so let's crack on with this next gen stuff shall we right Right, so we'll crack on with this next-gen thing. We'll start with Microsoft. Obviously, this is a lot of guesswork because there's not many rumours and stuff like that, but Carl's been doing his, uh, his usual and, and scouring the internet looking for any snippets of news, so we'll start with Microsoft. So, this is the bullet points. Phil Spencer confirmed that work on the next-gen system was underway during E3. It is codename Scarlet. Said to be a family of next-gen systems as opposed to a single system. Rumoured launch in 2020. So, Carl, what are your what are your thoughts on Microsoft and what are your expectations? And is there anything mad that you want from Microsoft? Well, in terms of like looking at the the rumours, there obviously it's as you said, it's it's slim pickings, but nothing seems out of place. We know Microsoft love their, their code name, Scorpio, Scarlet, you know, it's a little bit of a trend there. Um, they're said to be a family of next-gen systems. I mean, again, that makes sense. Look at the current thing. You've got the Xbox One S, you've got the Xbox One X. It just probably means we're going to, this Scarlet system is going to launch 
with two skews, you know, one one will be more powerful than the other. Mm. Um, so uh, again, no real surprises. And and the launch in 2020, again, I, I think it makes sense. Some people might think it's a little too soon after. I mean. Technically, the X only launched in 2017, so I mean, the X really getting a, a three-year life cycle doesn't seem that long. But Microsoft need to get out there quickly because they lost this this generation. Now, again, losers—it's a loose word, as we said. They've, they've just confirmed they brought in ten ten billion dollars this this uh, past year, but I mean, still. They have ultimately came second to Sony and they need to try and address that. I mean, they, it was a lot closer in the previous generation. So, I mean, the, the ways in, in which they do that for me are, you know, continue with, with what they seem to have learned this generation. I mean, that it was really the launch that let them down. You know, they, they came out, we, we, we talked about it as, as, you alluded to earlier in the show that we, we talked about it during the RE3 talk that like Microsoft when the Xbox One launched it was this whole oh it's a media box and you can watch American football on it and you know all this kind of stuff it wasn't really about the games and there was mm. the always on DRM stuff and I mean you, you you know better than I being an Xbox man an Xbox One man you know that that's uh it was a bit of a bit a bit of a rocky start, but I mean, but look at what they've done since, as the the news story touched on the the Games Pass um, mixer. You know the the services that Microsoft have. I mean, they they also offer the the EA. Um, what's the EA Access. one called again? EA Access. Yeah, obviously that's not available on PlayStation. Um, PlayStation didn't want it, and I mean that's Microsoft has recognized how services are likely the future and it really has helped them bounce back. I mean, even something like um, backwards compatibility, you, you can, that's one thing I'd bet on. This console will play Xbox One games, it'll play Xbox 360 games, it'll play Xbox original games. They're going to bring that technology over to this new console because, I mean, it, I don't think it probably costs, they've, they've done the the um research and development on this you know it's not going to cost them that much to to bring it in it's it seems to be you know i'm not um i'm technical when it comes to remote but i'm not technical when it comes to to getting into the hardware so i don't know but i i gather that a lot of the the cross the sorry backwards compatibility is is down to more on the software end and it seems they have that figured out yeah so like I, I think you can bet on that. You can you can bet on a Games Pass, even maybe a, a somewhat expanded Games Pass. I mean, I, I think Microsoft are going to double down on those those services. I mean, and wh- what do you think on that guy? I, I think X, I think Game Pass and backwards compatibility will will be huge in the next gen. I mean, backwards compatibility. I mean, maybe maybe not word it like that, but. You want Xbox One games to be able to be played on the next console because, well, it's it's what 2013 I think Xbox One was was launched. So you're gonna want a lot of that catalog straight. Well, not maybe not straight away, but you want access to that as a as a as a player as a gamer. You you want access to that. I mean, 
I'm not sure, maybe it's different for other people, but when I get the next-gen console, I tend to get rid of my old one, because I don't keep it about. But um, I, I'd like to not just have to swap, swap around consoles to play to play old games and stuff like that. So that, I think that would be um, huge for, for Xbox straight away to keep keep all of Xbox One titles in, um, in straight away. But I think Game Pass is... It, it was touted to be the future of gaming, um, and maybe people were a bit standoffish, and the Netflix of games it's been called and stuff like that, but I think with that financial report we kind of we, we talked about in the news, it must be some somewhat of a success, but as it grows, it's only going to get more impressive and more important to Xbox, I mean, but is it is it PS now, the PlayStation version? I think. Um, it's it, Similar enough, yeah. Actually, funny enough, that. Sorry, you go. Yeah, no, that that'll come up when we we get yeah. to to discussing Sony because there is sort of a somewhat of a development with with PS now, but that seems to have been influenced by Games Pass and its success. So, um, certainly, like, and it's funny that you were saying there something kind of sprung in my head when you think about it. Games Pass hasn't really had a big big game. I mean, there hasn't, I don't think there's been a Halo or a Gears of War since Games Pass became a thing. Not on launch, I don't think. Like, Gears 4 is in there, but it wasn't yeah, on Yeah, yeah. So, sea uh, of Thieves is the only one. Yeah, and, and State of Decay, and yeah. four, I'm assuming the last Forza. Um, all, all, be, all the exclusives are in there, yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming it was Games Pass launched before Forza Horizon 3, I think, or was it Forza uh, 7? Forza 7. Forza 7 was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So was that before? Yeah, so Forza 7, I'm assuming, is the biggest title mm. that launched on Games Pass yet. But imagine now when we get to next well, November, Gears, let's Gears say, 5, and Gears yeah. 5, like how, how many Games Pass subscriptions? are going to be kind of day and date with the launch of Gears 5. I'd imagine it'd be a massive amount. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if we touch on further, imagine if you get Games Pass on launch with the new Xbox, and then you get Halo Infinite for, what, eight, eight, I think it's eight quid a month now? If that carries over on the next gen, and you've got Game Pass, and you've got on launch, say if all the launch titles are in Game Pass, that's gonna be an absolute game changer. It's gonna it, exactly, and I mean, if if we go back to to um, backwards compatibility, like what if at launch, you know, Gears Five and uh, I'm guessing Forza Eight will be out by then. Let, yeah. Let's say Gears Five and Forza Eight are so you, so backwards compatible. Developed into an actual mint game by then. <laughs> well, quite possibly, yeah. and and if we're saying, oh, they, yeah. Xbox One games are backwards compatible. Uh, these big three titles are available at launch, and you can get them on Games Pass on your Xbox Two or whatever they're going to call it. X Two, and that's massive. Like it is absolutely massive to have those games there and just be able to get this service. You get your Xbox Live Gold, you get your Games Pass, and then you can play these games for well, not free. You're playing for the service, but you know what mm. I mean. It's it is it's it's it is really it's a game changer it's it's massive, and we we know obviously the the next thing I'd I'd probably bring up in regards to this which Microsoft needs is more games. I mean, yeah. 
And we we talked a lot about that at E3 with the announcement of all the new studios. I mean, and you assume launch window at least, you're probably going to get the um, the new Fable is probably going to be a, a next gen game. Mm. Uh, you know that we, that's a, a big one um, uh, from Playground, and you're probably going to get something from Ninja Theory as well in in the launch window. And and to have all these games on on Games Pass, it's it's just going to be massive for Microsoft. I mean, it's it's um, it's re- really exciting to to think about what they they might do. Um, they have close ties with Bethesda as well. Like Fallout Four got put in. Um, with the 76 announcement that got put in, um, Elder Scrolls Online got put in on, on Games Pass. So I think we kind of touched on it with the uh, we said we won't mention it, but the crossplay stuff last uh, on the last show, which was, I think it was two weeks ago, that Bethesda were kind of getting not pissed off, but kind of annoyed with Sony's lack of uh, cohesion with the rest of the with the rest of the gaming world. So maybe. If Bethesda games can be in Game Pass, what, within, I don't know, let's say a year of launch or something like that, I mean, again, that's just an absolute game changer that we keep mentioning, but if Microsoft can befriend all these big developers and and it get, if stuff gets put in Game Pass eventually, even if it's in... Well, Netflix, it seems to be, what, two years before a film gets put in Netflix? If it's similar with gaming, I mean... That's that's massive. I mean, and if you got on Sky Movie or Sky Box Office and Sky Movies on demand and stuff like that, it's probably like same as the DVD. So a year, if games get a year and they're friendly with Microsoft, and it takes a year for a game to get put in Game Pass. That's that's just different gravy. That's mad. Game Pass will be like the biggest thing in gaming, and that's probably that should be or possibly be. The big thing, the next big thing in next gen, is Game Pass could be the absolute changer of of the entire industry. Exactly, I mean that's it. And rather than trying to get exclusives or timed exclusives, then you're more so just pushing to try and see can we get this game in Game Pass, be that six months down the line or twelve months down the line. And as you say, it's just it's just massive, and it could could really change how we view gaming, especially as we move towards the inevitable all digital future. Mm. So it, it's it, it could just be massive if if Microsoft play their cards right and and get the focus right when it comes to to Games Pass and you mentioned the access as well, didn't you? Only being on Xbox, if that kind of just molds into into Game Pass as well. <laughs> you just adding like the biggest developer for uh, well, what did you call it earlier? Softcore gamers. <laughs> uh, EA is probably the biggest developer for softcore gamers. If that ends up in Game Pass as well, that that's taking on the entire casual gaming market. Because I mean, COD's obviously the other big hitter, but FIFA etc. is the is the other stable in in the casual gaming. So if EA and Microsoft are as close as it seems, it's quite big news, really. <laughs> no, it, it really would be. I mean, it's... it's uh, But it, it definitely seems that Microsoft, that the, the one thing, if, even if they've lost this generation, what you can say is they've been the the trendsetters when it comes to services mm. and They've they've kind of set a, a clear path in in regards to where the industry's going in in that regards, 
Um, so I think Phil Spencer and his team d- deserve yeah. a pat on the back for that. That at the very least. You, you think it, you mentioned the rocky launch of the Xbox One, which was 2013, and as you said, there was all, there was that stuff about uh, well ordering Domino's whilst watching NFL, whilst watching Netflix. It was like okay, okay, where, where's my game? Where's my game? Okay, okay. No, you've not mentioned anything. Okay, this is shit. And then there was that whole, there was that whole stuff about not having discs and you could only share copies of your games if you like sent them the license or whatever it was. You could only sweat, you could only buy games online and or through the Xbox Store and, and other stuff like that. It was just a complete mess. But you mentioned Phil Spencer there since he. Head of Xbox in 2014, I think it was, so a year later, or months later, he's he's just seemed to have got everything right. And I know it it's so hard to come back from the the horrendous launch that it was. But in in the later half of this generation, you've seen Xbox kind of not not screw it, not completely screw it off, but you've seen them building towards the next gen and I think that's what Microsoft have done they know they've been losing this war but they're, they're looking to the future now and as we mentioned these services they just seem set to I don't want to say take over because Sony will obviously come up with something um, but they look to be able to compete a lot more in this next gen don't they most, most definitely I mean it, it's um, as I said it's just you have to commend them for, for the recovery, Microsoft. And I think they're in a really good position going into the, to the next gen, at least on, in terms of the kind of the, the background with the, the services. And, and again, with the studios that we touched on, like they, they're definitely well set up. Um, to, to kind of give Sony a closer fight on the, on the next front. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that's what most gamers want. I mean, there's all there's that stuff about console wars and fanboys. And I mean, admittedly, I'm I am a Microsoft fanboy, but Sony Sony doing well. I've kind of just given up hope. <laughs> Xbox and catch up in the last couple of years. But I mean, it, it's great watching Sony create 
or Sony uh, create so many great games and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of annoying. I can't play them on my preferred console, but I do have a PlayStation, so it's easy enough for me to play if I wanted to. But uh, it, it is good for the industry that you have two competing rather than just one pretty much laughing at the other. But we'll move on to Sony. Um, so I'll do the bullet points like I did for Xbox. Um, Rumours suggest the PlayStation 5 will launch in uh, launch by 2021. A quote by CEO John Codera, I think that's how you pronounce it, adds credence to that we will use the next three years to prefer the next step to crouch down so that we can jump higher in the future. A further quote by Codera suggests the PS5 could be more platform focused where we are no longer in time when you can think just about the console or just about the network like they're two different things. Kadera continued explaining that a broader perspective was now required because so many things are now connected via the internet. Paint and filling suggests system will be backwards compatible. So we've kind of, we mentioned backwards compatible um, there on Xbox and how it kind of seems to be, it needs to be seamless going from Xbox, uh, Xbox One or Xbox Two. Do you, do you think that's what Sony are aiming for? I'm not. What is what's the backward compatibility like at, on PlayStation Four for PS3 games, or PS2 games at the moment? It's very lacking. I mean, the, the only way you can play PS3 games on a PS4 is through PlayStation Now, um, basically extreme PlayStation 3 device uh, games to your PlayStation 4. Um, recently, they also added the ability to stream PlayStation 2 games to your PlayStation 4 through PS Now. Um, now, there are PS2 games available on the PlayStation 4, kind of they're slightly up and they have trophies um, but it's only a select amount of games, maybe 20 games that they've decided to do. I mean, you know, you pay a tenner for them and you can play them. Um, and they, they are really well done and I have a fair few of them myself, but it's not true backwards compatibility in, in any sense. And it is interesting that Sony have looked at the Xbox and how the fans have lapped up being able to put their Morrowind disc in their Xbox One X and even play a better version of the game they played so many years ago because it, it loads faster and just runs better in general. And, you know, it, it's such a small thing, but, like, it's gone down so well with the fans. And obviously Sony have that in mind. So this patent, um, I remember hearing about this a few months ago and I was reading about it again earlier that, I mean, it, it suggests that at the very least PlayStation 4 games will be playable on PlayStation 5 yeah. It could extend further. PlayStation 3 games wouldn't really be that much of a stretch. And if we're going to get greedy, maybe even PS2 and PS1 games. But let's not go there yet. But I, I think PS3 and PS4 um, is believable. Um, so certainly Sony have been influenced by Microsoft in that regard. And what I alluded to earlier with PS Now is... I mean, the, the suggestion is that soon with PS Now, you'll be able to, as well as stream games, you'll be able to download games, which mm. means PS Now is more so becoming more of a, an Xbox Game Pass kind of clone. And I think probably even more it will when it comes to next gen, um, that, that Sony will have their, their own Games Pass with uh, PS Now. So, as I said, Microsoft, they really have set the bar with the services and it looks like Sony are going to play copycat to a degree when it comes to next gen. 
So is it is PS now a like subscription type thing? How much how much is it, or is it just there? Oh, this is how out of touch with PlayStation I am. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a subscription. I got the price now. Um, I've never actually used it myself, and like I could easily use it because we're fortunate in Ireland, specifically in Dublin, we have really good broadband, so yeah. I could easily stream a game to my console. Um. It's offering me a free trial. Let me see. Fourteen ninety nine per month. So it's, twenty dollars a month. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's steep. Like it's it's um. That sounds it's, horrendous. That's the thing. They need to work on the pricing and that ahead in the new gen. That would be one criticism I'd have because that's just too much. But I mean, with, with that said, though, it, it does seem at least in terms of what it can do, they they do seem to be planning some changes that will make it a bit more agreeable with people that that maybe don't have as good an internet connection as as others might, you know. Mm. So, you know, I think Sony, as much as they've made the right decisions with hardware and with software, that. Their services have been lacking somewhat this this generation, and that's that's an area where they're having to play catch up with with Xbox, and they do seem to be trying, um, which is is interesting in itself. And um, the the other thing, I, when you were going to the bullet points there, the the quotes there from John Codera, um, I thought kind of where he's the second quote there when he says um, we're no longer in a time when you can think about the console or just about the network like they're two different things to me that suggests that to some degree PlayStation 5 itself will be a service I mean we, we know that there was long speculation prior to the PS4 and Xbox One coming that they would be the last consoles and beyond that then we just get platforms and you just kind of download the platform to your smart mm. TV or your PC or whatever you wanted it on. Yeah. And obviously that's not the case now. We know there are consoles in development, but could it be at least with Sony? And there has been rumors of that for a while that they might go with kind of a double whammy with offering you, look, this is the PlayStation 5, the console, if you want that the traditional way. But we also have the PlayStation platform, which you can download on your PC or, or that, and you can, you can play Death Stranding on your PC or, you know, whatever way you want, you know, so they're kind of almost like a halfway mark to what probably will be. I mean, was it Yves Guillemont of uh, Ubisoft only said recently that the next generation will be the last generation. Um, and, Probably he knows better than you or I would, so there's yeah. probably some credence in that. So maybe are Sony thinking of taking a, a half step this next generation to that purely platform based kind of cloud system that that might be the future of gaming? Just, what do you just reckon? A, just an just an app, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just an app. No, it's quite interesting. I mean, I'm not sure how you'd be able to balance because. It, it, what is it you call, you call them a steam box or whatever it is that, that kind of sounds like what we're kind of hinting at i mean is that the future of gaming do you think it's just basically going to be a computer <laughs> i mean that's what it is i mean xbox seems to be intent on bridging that gap from computer to console which i mean some people criticize because i mean why wouldn't you just get a computer but maybe the ease of console gaming is is what people like but if it is now 
basically just going to turn into an app for would be both this would be for both Sony and Xbox I'd imagine maybe that is the way to do it just you download it you pay you subscribe or your Xbox Live or PS Net whatever the hell it's called um you pay that subscription free you you download your games maybe that is the way to do it because spending 400 quid or 500 dollars or whatever it is every 10 years and normally there's new there's different iterations every four four years or whatever and then you spend an extra 300 quid uh, on that maybe maybe that's just an outdated market and i need to think well just get it, just get it on the tv as quick as possible and then ease of access it, it it'll conquer all eventually won't it um but mate, yeah, we we didn't we talk about it with the uh, Google dipping their toe in. Maybe that's where I know we're going to get to Google, but maybe this is kind of how how the future of gaming will be. I mean, maybe we're just old old and set in our ways, Carl, at the console. It, <laughs> it could stay. well be that that could well be the case. I, I prefer a console. I I prefer keeping a console. I'm I'm definitely right there with you, but I I just think I mean, and it even it raises some questions in like we don't have much here in terms of hardware because there aren't really any rumors on hardware quite mm. yet because it's so early but i did want to ask you a couple of things in relation to your opinion on on what you speculate that the hardware where might be don't worry i'm not going to ask you how many teraflops there are but <laughs> um but the, <laughs> but like the two things i'm i'm curious about is you know Digital, the all digital future that we're clearly spiraling towards. Do do you reckon that the next Xbox and the next PlayStation have a disk drive? Oh God, um, I think they will because I think, especially for Xbox, they were burnt last time, weren't they? When there was those rumours that it was going to be online only, that burnt them hard. So I think people always like having the the choice really I think for hardcore collectors and I, I, we, I think we touched on it last show but we still don't know why disc copies are cheaper <laughs> than uh, than online so, uh, than an online download um, because getting something delivered for like all around the world into your house is cheaper than just clicking is clicking a bloody download button. It doesn't make sense. So I kind of hope we keep the discs. I mean, it, it, it doesn't doesn't matter too much to me because we I I game share some like pretty much ninety five percent of the stuff I buy is from the Xbox store. But um, I like having the option because the on the online stores are getting stupid now. Like sixty quid for a game, it, it, it just they seem to have too much power. I mean, I don't want to be in a situation where it's like hundred quid for a game. Because that's just stupid. It's just too much, and we're kind of getting closer to that. Because God, we're gonna—I'm gonna sound old here, but when I was a kid, it only cost thirty quid for a game. It's like <laughs> double that now. It's just—it's getting too much. So hopefully, discs stay. I—I—I I, I do agree with you, and I do think you know if if I'm my arms twisted behind my back for a prediction, that I do think there will be drives because i think it's just still a little too early for the all digital future and you made an interesting point about the pricing i mean it, it still is the case that amazon is probably the cheapest place to get your games mm. um because you can you can get a, a like i can get a boxed brand new game for 50 euro delivered from amazon um whereas downloading it from the playstation source 60 euro so 
saving 10 euro per game on a, on a new game. And I think what's good is like people sometimes argue Amazon have too much power, but it's probably good they have too much power in this way because, you know, Sony and Microsoft aren't going to want to rock the boat with Amazon by saying, yeah, oh, yeah, look, you can only get the games. <laughs> you can't get games from Amazon anymore. I mean, Sony and Nintendo in the past have, have tussled with, with Amazon over things. So, and it, it usually ends up Amazon wins. So, um, Amazon does run the world with Google, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I think very much so that, um, well, I, I'd hope, and for me personally, I, I like boxed games. I, I have hundreds of boxed games up up in my my place so i'm not a i've always liked i like having a box on display and i'm, I'm kind of opposed to the all digital future I, I do think it's inevitable as i've said multiple times but i think we might be waiting for the playstation 6 or, or whatever for, for uh, <laughs> exactly for for something with no disk drive and then the other question just the obvious one in regards to hardware would be 4k do, do you think that they'll they'll go real hard for true 4K, or do you think maybe we might just see a slight up tweak on on what the Xbox One X offers in in terms of um, display? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it'll have to be true 4K. Let, let's be honest. I mean, the Xbox One X is the first one that offered um, 4K, and um, the others. It's just kind of upscale, isn't it, for the PS Pro? And the yeah. Xbox One S was upscale um i'm not sure what to what um, degree or whatever but yeah i think by the time then we'll probably have something more than 4k isn't there already 8k tellies or some stupid stuff like that so maybe we'll be beyond 4k by then but i think 4k will have to be literally a standard for that and um i imagine i'm not sure how how many people, how common 4K TVs are, but I have them. I think people, uh, my friendship group seems to kind of be getting them now. Um, so, yeah, but I think we need to see 4K TV. It, it was kind of 3D TVs, wasn't it, like three years ago? But 4K seems to be here to stay rather than 3D being a gimmick. So 4K seems to be literally the the future of TV, no, never mind gaming. So yeah, gaming's going to have to tag along with that one, and 4K is going to have to be absolutely standard, I think. And then whatever the next technological breakthrough in in the TVs is, whether that's 3D, whether it's VR, well, well we'll probably touch on v, VR as well because Xbox really hasn't done anything since they've shown Hololens, and PSVR seems to be quite a popular gimmick still. Um, so maybe that'll have a place in the future. But um, yeah, 4K is going to be standing, whether it's whatever they're going to call it, 8K or just bloody, you might as well just stand in the portal at, at, at some stage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to have to be 4K at the very least. Yeah, I suppose you're you're, you're right in, um, in that like 4K TVs. I think at least entry-level 4K TVs, you know, mm. I, I'd make that differentiation. Like I have what I'd call an entry-level 4K TV. It cost me about 500 quid. Um, you know, it's it's there are some people who might have one that that costs you know around a grand and. They're, they're the, the real deal 4K TVs. And I don't think they're quite commonplace yet. Um, but again, we're, we could be talking two, three years from now. So they may be a lot more, um, widespread by then. 
um, so that the uh, the landscape might have changed somewhat. So uh, I think we're definitely going to see a step up from the the Xbox One X. Um, I'm not sure the world's quite ready for 8K consoles. I, I don't even think that'll be in mind for the for the next gen. But um, certainly, I think 4K will be a a big battleground for for these consoles. So I'd, I'd I'd agree with you on that. Um, and then I suppose next we move on to to Nintendo, which is the um, kind of the weird one because. Technically, Nintendo are in the next gen because the Switch yeah. is, for all extents and purposes, a next gen console because we forget that the Wii U actually started this, this generation. But, um, I suppose, um, do, do you want to read the, the one bullet yep, point we have? Well, yeah. <laughs> one. Oh, God, you give me what a name. Uh, President Shuntaru Furukawa. <clears throat> Apologies. Said that was the, decent. Yeah, said the 3DS has a certain advantages over the Switch, such as ease of purchase and the like. And the Nintendo is con- considering various possibilities for a successor. So that kind of hints at focusing more on handheld gaming. Yeah, that's 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 certainly um, how I take it. Like, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, but you can you can look at it in a certain way. I mean, like the when it comes to next gen and when we get a PS5 and an Xbox Two, is I, I hate that name. I know it's not going to be called that, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, Xbox like, Seven Twenty. <laughs> obviously, already we have a position where the Switch, the Switch is. It's great. It's doing fantastic. It's you know I wouldn't be shocked if in a couple of years we're talking about the switch moving 100 million units, and I, I'm not exaggerating there. But um, we are already in a situation where there's there's certain games that come to Xbox One and PS4, and you're like, this is never coming to Switch because the Switch just wouldn't be able to run it properly. Now the Switch has its ways. I know with uh, Resident Evil 7, for example, in Japan only, you can stream the game from the cloud and play it on your Switch. So that might be something that Nintendo looked to double down on moving forward so that the Switch can play more kind of demanding games. But for now we don't know if that's the case. Um, But all in all, when the next gen comes, you can only assume the Switch is going to fall further behind in terms of what it can do. So that shouldn't matter much if, as I speculated, it gets such a massive install base that I think developers and publishers are going to go out of their way to develop their own stuff for Switch. Which, which is perfectly fine, but yeah. I, I think Nintendo, as you said, they have to double down on, on handhelds and on the Switch being a handheld, which would suggest that possibly, I mean, th- this quote seems to almost say that, oh yeah, we, we might bring out a new DS console that will be alongside the Switch, but I personally think that would be a mistake when you think of the what's going to happen with next gen. Yeah. I mean, it's almost better to turn the Switch into, into the, the next DS. DS. I mean, yeah. and that would be with maybe a, a new iteration somewhere down the line that probably maybe, like... Maybe make a small Switch that release, replaces the DS or something like that, which is exclusively handheld that you can't port with your TV or something like that. 
Yeah, I think I think that's you're onto something there. I think that will be something they they certainly do. But I also think that there there could be something with the um, kind of similar to the new 3ds where it was just slightly more powerful than the previous one. Yeah. It could could run certain other games. I think we'll see that with the Switch, a slightly souped up Switch to to be able to play slightly more demanding games. And I also think they have to if the Switch is going to become kind of a handheld alternative to the to the big powerhouses from Sony and Microsoft. I think the battery life needs to be sorted. I mean, the the Switch, what's it about? Maybe three, four hours that you can get out of a Switch on average playing playing a your standard Zelda or that. So mm. I think that needs to be at least doubled or, or even trebled, preferably. So I think the next iteration of the Switch has to be more efficient in terms of power. And if they can do that, then the Switch very well could position itself as that... Um, hybrid handheld kind of alternative to the powerhouses and and then people won't really pay attention to the different like that i can't play the latest call of duty on my switch because you'll be playing whatever game activision makes specifically for the switch because it has such a large install base because people love the portability and i i for me personally, that's how I see it going for Nintendo. I think that's the smart way to go. Like, don't try and compete directly with the other two. Just do your own thing. Well, what's your take on it, guy? Yeah, I fully agree with what you said. I've I've kind of championed Nintendo just becoming the king of the handheld for 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 years now. I mean, with well, sorting there was rumours of Xbox trying to make a, a, a rival for the PSP, I think it was back back in them days in the PS Vita, but um, Nintendo's clearly won the handheld wars now that the, the Switch is, well, it's just so dominant and so versatile, probably the right word for it, where you can you can play as a, con- a standstill console um, and, and take it with you, but um, yeah, if, if, if that's their niche, and um, Nintendo's always been about niche, hasn't it? Um, it's it, it seems to be the way the way to go because Nintendo just doesn't seem to have um, the new exclusive or the powerhouse exclusives to to make a a, a console different. Whereas you see you watch you see Sony with Last of Us, uh, God of War, etc. Nintendo doesn't seem to be about that anymore. It's still about their long-standing stuff with Mario. Uh, Zelda, um, other stuff like that. It, 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 it's got it's got their formula, and it seemingly doesn't need a, a absolute powerhouse of a console to do that, and to to make handheld better quality and and pretty much just a, a console nowadays, isn't it? You you can play console level games on the go. That that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, so yeah, just more stuff about that really. Just, just need to keep with that niche and maybe, maybe forget what Sony and Microsoft are doing because I don't think they can compete with that, or, or they seemingly don't want to compete with that. But have it. I'm just looking at a review here. Their battery life is ranged between two and a half hours to six hours, so that's not really specific and helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on on what you're playing on it exactly. Yeah. Like if you're playing like Puyo Puyo Tetris, it's can be six hours but if you're playing breath of the wild it's it's two and a half you know so uh they need to work on that that that's the one thing holding them back i i feel from from taking that next step but like i i honestly like i i i don't think i'm exaggerating when i i think i could see that the switch doing 
um, 100 million units. Um, I mean, they're already on 20 odd, so um, I, I believe in round 20 anyway. So um, because it's that different, I am concerned getting one. That's that's the thing because it's like I already have an Xbox which I I, I use to death. I have a PlayStation which I don't use to death, but I have one just in case. Um, well, pretty much. I'm I'm waiting for Spider-Man at the minute. That's pretty much what PS4 is doing. Um, but the Switch is so different, and I, Pokemon's what will probably attract me most. But I'm not I'm not a big Zelda fan. I've never I don't think I've ever played it to be honest. But looking at Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm like that has its own niche and be able to play that. Just it, it's the comfort of it because when you play an Xbox or a PlayStation, you kind of need to take over a room, don't you? You need to have control of the TV and stuff like that. Whereas if you've got the Switch, you can just play it whilst other people are in the room. It doesn't take over the entire room. So I kind of like that about the Switch. And maybe Nintendo's more about social gaming. I don't know sitting there playing Zelda is not exactly social, but it's it's easy to do do both. Whereas if you sat with a headset on, proper like playing a game of COD, you're not going to have time for people in the room, whereas if you have a Switch, you're not kind of locked in your own world, are you? Exactly, and I mean, as you say, like the, the social side of things, I have heard stories of like people getting together and playing like having four Switches in the same place, playing Mario Kart and you know, and that, that'll only kind of build when when the likes of Smash Brothers come out and Mario Party later in the year, so mm. I mean... It, it very much it, it in a lot of ways it's it's its own system and I think that's that's what Nintendo really have to focus on as they you know it's it's not really a new gen for them but it's because th- they're already there but I mean as the others move into the new gen I think that's that's where Nintendo needs to put the focus and and um, double down on on what they've already done. Uh, to to keep the the switch going from from strength to strength. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think Nintendo it's it's in safe hands. They're always about. They're never they're never going to go away. But the last one we want to talk about is Google. We we talked about it. I think it was two shows ago. It was one of our news things. Um, and we've kind of mentioned that Sony may be looking into it <clears throat> into more of a service and probably Microsoft to do the same, but do you think Google may skip a generation and kind of just be ready for that PS6, Xbox free, <laughs> free um, gen? Because if, if the streaming service is the future of gaming that we're kind of hinting at and they're fully online, do you think that's where Google may look to come in? I think, I mean, looking at Google and what I've, obviously we, we went through it, um, as you said previously. I mean, as we touched on back then, like, I mean, the, the talk with them is that they, they are working on some sort of system. You know, they, they've brought on some developers. They've, they've made contact with, with a lot of popular third party developers in, in relation to, to getting them on board. And, you know, the, the rumored code name of their streaming platform is Yeti. Um, so that there's, there is a lot of focus on the, on the streaming side of things. And, you know, based on everything I've read with, with Google, I'm, you know, again, it's just speculation on my part, but like the vision I'm getting is of, of this box that is almost kind of a, a Frankenstein of the on live system that failed so miserably 
back in mm. the day because there wasn't the infrastructure for it, which you just buy this system that can stream games from the, the cloud. And I'm, I'm assuming that this Google box would be capable of that. But at the same time, it also seems like it'll be kind of like an Android system, um, you know, kind of like the... Uh, the the ill-fated Ouyar, you know that that it'll be able to possibly download slightly simpler games um, directly to the system to to play that, but but in terms of playing the the big guns and the, the big titles, probably your your later Call of Duties and that, which you know you'd assume with the power the pulling power Google has that you would have those big games on on their system. That you would probably require the the power of the cloud and and using the the Yeti streaming platform uh, to to play those games on on the system. But um, it's funny earlier in the show you mentioned the the Steam box and that, I'm kind of getting that vibe from this this Google system. But it could just be me. I mean, what what, what do you reckon? It it does sound very Steam boxy and. Um... Maybe maybe Steam was ahead of head of the game all, all this time. Um, obviously, Steam's the powerhouse of PC gaming. But um, if, if Microsoft, Sony, Google, Nintendo, maybe Sega would get back in the way. Um, but if, if if the technology is there to make these kind of streaming services so easily, I'm, I'm not sure how how technical it is. But if it if it is that easy to put a collection of games together in in a just a pretty much a box. I mean, it may be it may be that simple to be the future of gaming, and Google just look. Well, this is going to be easy money. So, if anything's got the Google label, it's probably going to power above everything else. That that's the that's the concerning thing. As we said when we were talking about Amazon a little bit, Google and Amazon run the world, <laughs> and Disney <laughs> they they run the entertainment. Amazon runs the shipping, and Google runs everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a uh, it, it's scary time, but yeah, we, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Google, if if they wanted in the game industry, they'll, they'll be in the game industry, and um, maybe, maybe they skip a skip a gen and perfect it until it's com- a completely online service or a streaming service or a Steam box, whatever we're gonna word it as. But Google will probably be in the gaming industry one way or another. But I am aware of the time, um, so we're gonna we're gonna crack on with the ne- with the next bit. Game releases, um, there's literally only one interesting one, and that's No Man's Sky on Xbox. Um, I know you haven't played it, Carl, but we did kind of skim through the updates and stuff, and, and the pretty much the fixes that Hello Games have done to it since the horrendous launch of the game. What Was it a year ago, or two years ago, whenever it was? Um, but... D- being, I think it's only 40, I think it's 40 quid on the store, and it'll be cheaper on disc. Um, but do you think, is this Anyway, interesting to you now. I know you can just go play it on PlayStation. But it's launching on the Xbox, but do you think it's more interesting now that it seemingly got a fresh launch on a different console, but it's uh, now fixed? Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, obviously, No Man's Sky was the, the game was hyped up so much, and they promised so much, and then delivered so little. I mean, as we joked about during the week, I'm I'm still waiting for Peter Molyneux to walk out <laughs> from behind the scenes and reveal he was the mastermind of Hello Games all the time. But um, you know, they, but it seems they've learned lessons and they're they're trying to fill this empty husk of a game with 
an actual game. I mean, the, the as I said, we read through the updates, and and it's pretty cool. I mean, you can play with like squads now. You can build bases on any planet, just just not select areas. Um, as previous, you know, you, you get to build the bases with your friends, and you can share them across multiplayer games. I mean, you can control fleets of ships and kind of supposedly send them off to to do their own thing. They they haven't quite elaborated on that yet. You know, you can now see your character in third person and you get to actually design your character. You can pick the race, you can pick kind of what spacesuit they're wearing. I mean, it, it looks like they're actually turning this into a game and, you know, as you say, it's it's something new to Xbox players. I'm sure a lot of them are curious and I'm sure a lot of PlayStation players are, are thinking maybe I'll go back to this because as I said prior to the show you, I think you can get this for about 15 quid a box copy on PlayStation so I'm very tempted to, to pick one up and download this update and, and see what it is because it, it finally looks like there, there's a game here to explore so I commend Hello Games because it, it would have been so easy for them to just give in just, and yeah, just give up and just be like, ah, oh, let's go back to making Joe Danger. <laughs> so, yeah. um, fair play to him. I mean, you're you're picking this up for your Xbox, aren't you? Yeah, my mate, my mate really wants it, and I game share with him, so I'll be picking it up. Um, I probably I probably would have picked it up on 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 the uh, cheap disc copy anyway. So it just seems quite an easy game to play. I mean, now that it's been improved, it'd be kind of intriguing to see how it does. But I think the most promising thing is, as you said, they could have just screwed it off and let it let it die a painful death. But they have gone back and fixed it. And um, a similar game, Sea of Thieves, has kind of had similar criticism. I'm kind of hoping they can do similar things, but hopefully in a shorter time period is... is uh, Fill it up a bit more. I think CFE isn't as husky. Uh, that that sounds weird, but uh, huskly. Let's say that instead. <laughs> but uh, I hope they fix that. But um, it, it hopefully No Man's Sky isn't isn't as bad as it was when it launched. I mean, I remember seeing it at uh, E3 originally. Then it kind of went away. Then it came back. Um, it it looks so promising, and to have a to have a game under deliver so much is always disappointing. Whether whatever side of the console while you're on. But um, yeah, I'll be picking it up and hopefully I can report back in, in a show or two and let people know whether to avoid it or pretty much flock to it. But that's pretty much the only releases because, as I said at the start, we're in July. It's a bit of a bit of an empty um, period for games. It, it, it always is. We're, I mean, waiting for, we're waiting for September to start. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> uh, what have you been playing lately, actually, guys, before we finish up? Yeah, that's that's the interesting what I said it on the la- on the last show. I was looking to finish, go back and do Witcher three again, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I've lo- I've started Witcher three again. And how are you going on then? I fucking love that game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that game. And my mates keep that bothering me to play Fortnite. I'm just like, I want to play The Witcher. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many hours have you clocked over? Oh God, I'm not sure. I I. I I haven't really looked. I've just kind of just put my head down and gamed. Uh, I'll have to report back on that one. That, that's a I good sign. But uh, I'm I'm already past no. I've already done the uh, Baron stuff, and I've already done the Triss storyline. I'm pretty much about to go to Skellig. I think nice. that's where so I'm you, up to. You, I'm you, you're probably a good thirty thirty or more hours in. Mm. I mean, I. I I was probably forty hours in at yeah. that point, but I'm I'm very I'm, much though one of those explore every corner of the map. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing before I go scale. I think I'm like level seventeen, eighteen, if that's a 
better bearing. Um, so yeah, that, that's what that's what I've been playing, and I think my mates want to play Borderlands pre-sequel and Handsome Collection and stuff like that. So that may that may be the next thing for me. But what are you playing, Carl? I haven't played too much lately. I, I did get to do a little bit more of God of War, um, which I'm still enjoying. I mean, I, I can certainly see why it's it's so popular. It is. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still not quite on the level as other people saying it's one of the best games ever. But I think as far as a third person action game goes, it's it's really polished. It's to me, it's a very solid eight out of ten game. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, almost as good as Fable Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like I mean I, I can I can definitely see to definitely I can see why it's so popular. Like I, I just for me personally, it's it's not uh, you know it's not gonna I don't think it's gonna be my game of the year like some people are saying. But it, it's it's certainly a, a great game, and I, again I would recommend anyone to that has a PlayStation Five, including you guy, to give it a try if you get the chance. PlayStation Four. PlayStation Five. Oh, I'm the next gen. I'm in next gen already. <laughs> PlayStation Four, of course. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it is it's a great game. I mean, as as the uh, and I really like this one thing I've I can kind of elaborate a little bit on since the last time is just the character of of um, Kratos who got so much stick in the previous games for being this me angry destroy kind of character like he's just he's so dry and like the interactions where his son this parts where they'll just you just be paddling around the boat and his son will be like tell me a story and then he'll start telling them the story and he'll be like oh there was a turtle and a scorpion and the scorpion asked the turtle to ferry him across a river and the turtle was like no you'll you'll kill me and the scorpion's like promise i won't kind of thing and scorpion got on and then he was just like the scorpion stabbed the turtle with his tail and both of them drowned <laughs> that's the story it's he's just, just it's it's brilliant it's it's uh it's i again i'm i'm terrible at telling these things like but um trust me like it, it it's it's quite funny when when you're hearing them when you're just sailing around trying to find the next place to go and just they start kind of bantering back and forth between them like it's it's cool. I like the way they've kind of established a character for Kratos finally. You know, it's, it's, it's only taken them five games, but, or actually I think seven games or six, seven. Oh God. I have to double check that, but there's, yeah, I think, um, I think this is a seventh God of War actually. Yeah. So taking them seven games, but, um, yeah, like it is brilliant. And then other than that, as I haven't really played anything, I do. Funny you mentioned Fortnite. I, I actually think I'm going to play some Fortnite later tonight. I want to try season I'm five. I'm getting bored of it. I'm getting bored of it, man. I haven't maybe played since season ended. three, so. Oh, oh, you love yeah. Maybe, maybe I've just played it too much, but I'm, I'm, maybe the hype's ended. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. maybe that's just me. <laughs> it's. Possibly. I mean, I was never a massive fan of it, but I, I thought it was good. But um, I like I like what I've heard about season five, and I mean, there's golf carts. That's just that's just awesome in itself. So yeah, uh, yeah I think I'll I'll jump on that later and and give it a try just to to see what it's about. I might not stick around for long, but um, but yeah, hope hopefully next show though, maybe I'll have played something new. You know, who knows. <laughs> no man's sky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's been a good pod. I think we have run over just a smidge too much. Uh, but anyway, we'll get away with it. We always do. But uh, thanks for joining me, Carl. Thanks for listening, everybody. I've enjoyed this show. Hopefully you have as well. But please do let us know. Follow us on, on the podcast Twitter channel, uh, Twitter account at one up underscore AI. We, I'll probably try to use that a bit more. I, <laughs> I do like to just use my main account, but uh, I will use the one up account more, I swear to God. But uh, please do follow us there and we'll keep all things posted there. But thanks for listening. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.